Welcome to the Self-Publishing Queen podcast. My name is Josiane Fortin and I'm a self-published author. I'm obsessed with helping and motivating writers to publish their books and share their gift with the world. My goal with this podcast is to inspire you to take action and be the writer you want to be. Let's go! Hello, writers. I'm Josiane Fortin, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Erica Lin. So Erica is the self-published author of a book, which is called Seven Techniques of Healing. And thank you so much, Erica, for being with us today. And please tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me um, on your show. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> um, I am a motivational speaker a transformational coach. I am also a podcast host and an author of a book called Seven Techniques of Healing. Um, and so my whole goal focus is to help people dig deep down inside themselves and let's address some of the issues that you may have buried or forgotten about or just really didn't want to face. And let's address those issues so that you can fix them and then begin to to play big in your life, begin to live courageous and not allow things to, to hold you back, but instead move you forward in life, you know, because we all hear so many people go, I'm stuck. I just don't know what to do, you know, and, and my favorite is a lot of women after we go through childbirth, you know, we just really don't have a clue. It, it could be postpartum depression or whatever it is, but we're just at a point in our life, like, we don't, we need to redefine why we're here. We need to redefine our goals. What's our purpose in life? Because now we're feeling like, dang, are, are we only here to make babies? You know what? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> yeah. And so my goal is to really help women to understand that there are so many uh, more parts to you than just having a baby. There's so much more to you than just being someone's wife. There's so much deep down inside of you that we need to pull out. So not only that you can show the world, but what's most important that you can show yourself all of the intricate parts of that's within you. And I think for yourself, you went through those experiences with having some challenges that you had to face. And now you want to share that with the world, right? Yes, absolutely. See, for me, my challenges started when I was a little girl. Um, my mom and my dad, they used to argue all the time. And I, I know a lot of people can relate to parents arguing. So that was kind of like normal. And my dad would move out and then they would make up and he'd be like, hey, I got these kids. I want to come back. He would leave and come back. And so finally, when I was in elementary school, I just remember coming home from school one day and he had left. But this time he wasn't coming back. And I remember sitting in the window waiting for him to pull up. I remember waiting on him to come and be a part of the family like he used to be. But because he didn't come back, that really, really devastated me because I wanted that love that my father was supposed to be in the house to give me. I wanted it, but he was out living his life. You know, he was an entrepreneur and he was trying to really establish himself. And so I, I just really searched for that love. I gravitated to anybody that would show me attention. If you show me attention, I go, oh, they love me, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, um, and so unfortunately for me, I would gravitate to the wrong people. Um, when I, at about age 13 years old, we used to have a neighbor and my mom would say, you know, go and wash his dishes. He'll give you a couple of dollars, you know, for ice cream or whatever it is I want. And, 
And so I would go and clean his house and wash his dishes and stuff. And then one particular day she said, can you go and ask him to take you to the store? I need some things for dinner. And so I did. We go to the grocery store, I get the stuff. And when we go to get back in the car, I went to sit in the back seat. He says, no, I want you to sit up front. I said, no, I don't want to. I want to sit in the back. And um, so needless to say, I sat in the front seat, but I sat very close to the door, close as I could. And he says, well, why are you sitting so far? So I'm enjoying the scenery. You know, it's, it's, it's good out here. And he says, well, no, I want you close to me. And he reached over and he grabbed me and he pulled me close to him. Well, you know, back then at 13, the, the front seats of the car, they didn't have a center console. So it was just one long seat. And when he pulled me close to him, I just remember bracing my body. I remember just like squeezing myself so tight, like I'm an armor. And um, well, he just began touching me and doing very inappropriate things to me. And what that did was when we got home, I didn't say anything to my mom because people always ask, well, did you tell your mom? I didn't tell my mom at that time because my mother was, um, she was a fighter. She was a, she'd cuss you out, you know, but that was because she had past traumas in her life. And so I didn't want my mother to go to jail from doing something to this man. And that was the only parent that I had left in the home. And so instead of telling, I learned how to hold everything in. And, and I began to run. I started running from my reality. I started running from life. You know, I would never uh, speak up for myself. I would just run from it. If you abuse me, I wouldn't yell back. I would just run from it. So I just started running and running and running on to run to the strip club. You know, I became a stripper at 17. And, and there was a whole lot of problems in that, that lifestyle. Um, and then I met my children's father when I was 17. And I come up out of the strip club, but because I was so wild and so crazy and just was like, had all these things going on with me, my mother felt like it was best if I was with him because it appeared as if he was slowing me down. So in a sense, he slowed me down from that lifestyle, but then there were so much other things to come when we got married. So I stayed with him for 10 years. We had three beautiful children, but for the 10 years, it was very abusive, verbally and physically. Um, he would call me dumb and stupid, made me just feel like I was worthless. Um, and there was so many other things that he would do within the marriage. He did everything but pimp me out, right? Like he was my pimp and I was his whore, you know? Um, and so after that 10 years was over, I just remember on my 28th birthday, I woke up that morning and it was like a light bulb just dinged. And, and I remember it so vividly. And I said, I cannot live the rest of my life like this. If my children are, are ever going to have any type of lifestyle, if they're ever going to be anything in life or, or accomplish anything, I have to take a stand because what am I teaching them? That it is okay for their father to abuse me. It is okay for us to continue to be living on a basement floor with our mattress on the floor. It is okay. This is what I'm teaching them, that it is okay to live like this. And so I just remember waking up that day and I knew things were going to change. I knew I had enough because, you know, they say when a woman has had enough, she had enough and there's nothing <laughs> that anybody can say or do to change her mind. So he had went to work that morning and he come home from work. And when he come home from work, he put my car keys on the dresser and he went to do whatever. 
So now he wanted to go to the store and like get some beer or something, but he couldn't find the car keys. They were gone. I didn't have them. I do remember him sitting them on the dresser, but that was all it. So we looking all over for the keys. First, I didn't want to help him. I was being stubborn. But that's because I told you I had enough. I was like, I don't care if you find the keys or not. But then he started looking and we started arguing and we started snapping at each other. And then it gets quiet. Then something said, why is it so quiet? You better go and check on him. I went outside. My car was no longer in the driveway. How do you get a car out of the driveway without no keys? Well, he went and got one of the street neighborhood mechanics to come over and bust up my entire steering column, get up under the car and unhook the, the shift so you can put the car in neutral and push it out the driveway. And so when I come out of the house and I see my car on the street and I walked up to my car and it was all busted up all inside of my car and it was the only piece of transportation I had, I just began screaming like a fool. I was just jumping up and down screaming like somebody had just tortured me and killed me. And I just remember saying, I want a divorce. That's just like, that's all I could get out. It's like, I want a divorce. And I just literally standing in the middle of the street like I've lost my mind. And that was that. So he was like, what do you mean? You want a divorce? I said, I can't do this no more. So we went down back into our bedroom and for four hours, four hours, he sat there and he talked to me and he pointed at me in the middle of my forehead like I was a dog. That's what he used to do to me ever since I was 17. We would be in a grocery store and he would just point me in my forehead and I would feel so worthless. And he says, Percy will go, you can't leave me. You, you'll never make any, you'll never be anything without me. Nobody is going to want, want a woman with three kids. Nobody is going to want you. You're dumb. You're this. Then he'll go, I love you. You're everything I love. And he just kept switching back and forth. And I was just crying and crying and crying. I mean, just snotting and crying. And then four hours later, I said, are you done? And he says, yes. Are we going to stay together? I said, hell no. Get your stuff and get out of my house. <laughs> That's it. I'm done. It's over. And so you've seen a lot. So you get to share a lot. But then if I were to go see you and tell you about my little tiny problems, then like, what, what would you feel about my tiny little problems when you've lived like so much? Well, no problem is a tiny problem. Because sometimes you can think a problem is tiny, but it's so much bigger in your head. It's so much bigger in your heart. And so it's for me to help you identify what is causing that problem to, to be so big to you so that we can fix it. So there's no such thing as a tiny problem. Everybody goes through something. Because you know, when we talk about the woman that's, that's married with children and she's in the house with her husband and you guys have the perfect little family. It's beautiful on the outside. You, you, you got the kids on the schedule, they're in the karate and your husband is loving you. But she's dying in the inside. And if you look at her from the outside, looking in, you go, well, why are you dying? You're beautiful. Your family is beautiful. You got money. Why are you dying? She feels that, that, that she's not enough. She doesn't feel happy. She doesn't know what her purpose is. She lost herself within her family. I would never look at that woman and say, oh, your problem is tiny. Because she, you see, the family doesn't flow if the mother doesn't flow. The mom is like the center, the core of the family. And so my goal would be no matter what your problem is, let's work on it. Let's fix it. Let's address it. 
I really love how you explain that. Like it's it's so clear to me when you explain it that way. And I was wondering, um, this is a podcast about self-publishing. So why did you decide to write your first book? I always like to ask this question to my to people who come on the podcast. Yes. Well, the reason why I decided to write my first book was this. I was suicidal. I wanted to commit suicide. I wanted to just throw in a towel because I, everybody on the outside looking in thought that I had it all together and I didn't. Um, I was in financial debt so bad that I couldn't even buy groceries for like three weeks. So I'm now I'm over here eating canned goods and so on and so forth. But when the people came into my life that began to help me and help me transition my thinking and help me heal from the process, when I was going through their, that healing process, there were some key core components that I used that helped me get through it. So once I came through it, I said, wow, if these key components could help me, just imagine how they would work, how they could help so many other people. And so I felt it was my God-given right to put these key components in the book, but make it so simple that even a young child could read. Because just think, if you're sad and depressed, are you going to sit there and read a 500-page book? By the time you're going to be able to throw that book across the room. So I wanted the book to be short, simple. I wanted it to be a guide. And I wanted to, to ask you certain questions that you don't wouldn't normally ask yourself or that you wouldn't open up to someone else. So it's almost like a, a counselor in a book. So you have some questions in it where like you have to fill out so that helps you? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It asks you very deep questions. And I always tell people that if you lie into the questions, you're not lying to me. You're just lying to yourself. And you're slowing down your process of healing and you're slowing down your process of growth. And so uh, uh, so the book, it kind of gives you the, that segue because you know how so many people don't know what they need? Like, I don't know if I need a therapist. I don't know if I need a counselor. I don't know if I need a coach. I don't know if I need drugs or medication. You know, um, the book guides you and help you to decide what you really need. You know, so it's like that stepping stone that you can get for 10 bucks, you know, whereas <laughs> counselors and coaches, they cost much, much more. And so this is like that first step to guiding you in the right direction of where you need to go after the book is over. Sounds great. And how long did it take you to write this book? It took me about three months, if that, about three months, probably not that long, but you know, you have to go through the editing process and so on and so forth. But I remember my father had passed away Halloween of 2017. And I got into the chapter where uh, I had to write about my dad. And I remember telling the story about he and I in the book. And I just started crying. It's like five in the morning because I don't know about other people, writer's block is real. So when you find a real time or uh, something that works best for you, where you're, you can flow, then you should stick to that. So I would get up at four o'clock in the morning and I would write, you know, till about eight every day until it was done. But, um, so I'm writing about the part about my dad and I was just crying and I couldn't get through it. And so I pick up the phone and I call my friend and I was like, hey, I'm writing a chapter about my dad. And my friend just started cracking jokes. I love it. I mean, he just started cracking jokes. And then 30 minutes later, 
He was like, okay, you good now. Get back to it. <laughs> That's good. You had someone to help you. That's so good. And I've seen like you have a business, you have an online business. How does the book fit in this puzzle? Well, the book, again, like I said, is like the, the start of the process. Um, I do a one-on-one group coaching. You know, everything is virtual now. Um, and so I do a one-on-one group coaching, one-on-one um, -on -one coaching, but then I also do a group coaching program. And the, the first steps of the coaching program is the seven techniques of healing because the seven techniques of healing really takes you through identifying what's going on. Let's let, like, let's peel back the layers. Um, a lot of people need an accountability partner. A lot of people need someone to help push them. A lot of people need someone to pull something up out of them. So this book really, really gets you started so that when we get started working together, I already know the bones, you know, I just need to add the meat and the potatoes. <laughs> awesome. And what advice would you like to share to someone who is dreaming of writing a book? Oh, do it. Just get started. Don't think about what the book is going to be about. Don't think about what the title is going to be about. Don't worry about any of that. Just absolutely write whatever comes down into your head. Just write it. I don't care. Write it. And most importantly, find out the times that your brain works the best, meaning when the phone is not ringing, you're not going to be checking your, your social media, you're not checking your emails, the kids are asleep, the dog is resting. Just get up and just start writing because halfway through the book or a partial way through the book, you're going to go, okay, I see where it's shaping me and guiding me. And later on, you can go back and change and edit, but just keep writing, just get started. Don't worry about what Susie wrote about. Don't worry if you're competing against John. Don't worry about any of that. Don't even worry about if there was a book written about something that you want to write about because there's no two books that are the same. Meaning the majority of the books are about like your personal experience or your personal views or the things that you study. So you're telling it from your point of, point of view, your perspective. And so nobody else's perspective is the same as yours. Like no two people are the same. So always just think about it like um, somebody is going to resonate with you, you know, so who's called to you is called to you. So don't worry about if, you know, they just bought the next bestseller from somebody else. You're going to be next. <laughs> so just get started. I love that advice. Thanks for sharing. And when you started writing, did you already know where you would self-publish or did you decide afterwards? Um, I kind of had a team that was pushing me. So on the website, as you can see, I have a free download. Um, and the free download, I had to write it. Now, the part of the story that you guys don't know is that I dropped out of school when I was 16 years old. I was very smart, but I really wanted to hang out in the streets, as you can see. Um, but English was my worst subject. Still to this day, it was the worst subject. I had never passed the English class. I don't care how smart I was. I've never passed the English class. I always got like Fs, maybe Cs if I'm lucky. When I went to college, um, I had to pay my children to help me <laughs> through college. Um, even when I went back to college at 35, my daughter and my niece, my niece was at Duke. She went to, she was going to Duke and my daughter was in high school and they both helped write my paper so that I could, you know, make it through college. So 
even if you're not good in English or a good writer or an expert in, um, in writing skills, um, just write. And so that was the thing. I didn't have a, a, a direction that I wanted to go in. I just started writing. And one of the things that I did that you guys can't see behind the cameras, I have bulletin boards, um, poster boards, 50 cost 50 cents. I'll get you some poster boards and some tacks and some tape. And I put it on the, on the wall. And then I just began writing out just the title of the outline of each chapter. Um, what I did was, because the seven techniques of healing is the outline broken down, um, healing each word, each letter stands for something. So if you guys get the book, uh, H is for heal, E is for educate, A is action, L is leap, I is, um, but <laughs> where do I go? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's been a long morning. Okay. So it's broke down in the outline anyway. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> hey, look, I love being authentic. Inspire. I'm like, I know it's an eye. Where did it go? Um, inspire, need, and growth. And so that's simply what I wrote, H-E-A-L-I-N-G. And then I filled in the words. And then that's how I knew what each chapter was going to be about. Now, where the content was going to come from or what where did it come from? It just kind of came out as I began writing the, the book. What do you think was the hardest thing about becoming a self-published author? Um, not knowing about all the resources available. Um, not knowing that if you don't know, then you can spend $5,000, $10,000 for somebody telling you, this is what you need. This is what I can help you do. This is how you got to do it. You know, they selling you that, um, that dream in a sense. Um, and so I was just blessed that I had, God had surrounded me with people who actually do this as a profession, but they knew I was broke. So they was like, we're going to help you anyway. <laughs> you must be yeah. really nice. So that they want to help you for free. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. And so the hardest thing was um, like the technical part of uh, self-publishing or the editing that you really needed help. Well, no, because you still got to hire somebody to do your editing. Uh, but I went to a uh, seminar that year and one of the speakers, million dollar man, and he had dropped a tool you know, to the audience. And he was like, go and sign up for Fiverr.com. So that's the tool that I'm going to give everybody on your show. I don't, do you know about Fiverr? Yeah. Okay. So he says, well, go sign up for Fiverr and it's spelled F-I-V-E-R-R.com. And in Fiverr, you can find people all over the world to do just about anything. And um, a person that would have edited my book, it would have cost me $5,000 for editing and all that. I found one of the most wonderful young ladies in Fiverr. She charged me 80 bucks and she took my words and made me sound so much better than I really. <laughs> <laughs> then what, that's what I was going to ask because I have used Fiverr in the past for some editing and cover work and I've never been like 100% satisfied. So what was it that made you pick the right person like do you feel like you got some intuition or is it the ratings what happened well are you just lucky 
Well, no, I, I, I've learned one of the tools that I learned from a businessman early on is that whenever you decide to do something in business, always do it in three, meaning always interview three different people, always talk to three different people, and then make your decision. Because if you pick the first person that you went with, that might be the wrong person. So at least if you interview three, now you can play all three against each other. Like, oh, <laughs> you know, and so that's kind of something that he taught me. And so I interviewed three different people by asking them specific questions. Plus, addition to that, knowing what my budget was, I only had like a hundred bucks. So they want to know how many words is your book? So that can be pretty costly, uh, you know, the, the wording in your book. And so based upon the words in my book and um, then interviewing the three different people, this young lady, um, because there's a lot of foreigners that, that is on Fiverr. So even if you work with a foreigner, that's fine, but you need to understand that they understand the English, English language, like little simple things like um, foreigners don't realize that we use a lot of conjecture, you know, conjunction words like and, is, the, you know what I mean? So they'll write a sentence, but they miss those key components. So, you, so when you find somebody and you can tell how they are, in the way that you communicate with them through the message, you know, app with them. How many words do you have in the book? I don't know, 15,000, I think. Okay, so 50,000 words and it costs you $80. 15,000, so it's not that many because it's only uh, seven chapters. So, okay. Yeah. That was a really good deal. And I want to know, um, how do you promote your book? Well, uh, several ways. I'm on a lot of podcasts. Um, I do a lot of TV interviews. I, I have, at this point, I have a publicist. And so my publicist books me on different TV shows and things like that. But the easiest way that you can do it is have that free download that um, you offer on your website. And so when they get into your um, emailing list, then you also can send them the offer uh, for your book. You can create funnels. So I, I kind of do a lot. Um, I do the, my Friday podcast is live. So I also, you know, talk about my book there. Um, just, is it live on Facebook or on YouTube? It's live on Facebook and YouTube. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Erica Lynn speaks on YouTube and Facebook. Um, so I talk about it there. Um, what else do I do? Um, oh, I'm in a lot of magazines. Um, and I do a lot of press releases. So if you get a press release and you put your book in there, so there's a lot of resources that I've learned through my publicist, um, but you put your book in a press release and then you send it all out to all the different news um, platforms. And so when I did my press release, uh, like I'm trending in different countries. Um, I'm in like 50 different states, like different, I'm on NBC, ABC, like all of them picked up my press release and published it on their site as well. What was the press release about? Just about launching the book or is it like, what does it talk about so that people get interested? Well, what you have to do is this. Say for example, you wanna do your press release on the day of the inauguration. So your heading has to be something that has to talk about the inauguration or uh, the, 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 the change that we're, we're shifting from Trump to you know, you know what I mean? So you want to have an attention grabbing header that grabs people to your press release. And then the article that you write, you want to write something that's compelling. 
about the change and how they can change and how your book can help them change or you know what I mean for example so whenever you do a press release you want to be aware of what's going on in the world right and how often do you do them just when you get some ideas or are you very organized like every month like every first Monday I'll write something I'll find something to write about Well, my publicist has been pulling a press release out of me like every month, but they're not just on my book. Um, there, I, I have also have a CD, a spoken word album, which is um, is titled "Never Give Up" by Erica Lynn, um, and it talks about you know me going through my healing journey and how other people can go through the healing journey. So I did a press release on on the album. Um, then, like, say you have a new program coming out, then or a way that you want to distribute the book then you do a press release on that as well. But when you do the press release, all your key components has to be there because you add it to the press. So they have to be able to click on like your YouTube channel if you're going to add it or click on your website or you know what I mean, you or where they're going to purchase the book from. So you want to make sure that you have all of your systems in place and then do your, your, your press release. So your, by your system, you mean your website, your channels, like social media, Is that what you mean? Yes, but you want to make sure that everything is aligned. Um, before, I was kind of all over the place because the name of my company is One Step Beyond You. And my publicist kept saying, One Step Beyond, I would be so upset because if you Google One Step Beyond, it's a black and white uh, movie from back in the day about death and uh, sorcery or ghosts. But <laughs> it's... <laughs> And, um, and I would be like, well, why? And so I got to thinking like if my own publicist can't even remember one step beyond you because it's spelled the number one step beyond in the letter U. So I was like, if she can't remember that, then just imagine nobody else can find me. So that caused me to get less traffic. So when we went through the rebranding process, I rebranded everything as Erica Lynn Speaks. Yeah, you guys can't that's not hard for you to like, you know, figure <laughs> out. So you just want to make sure that everything that you do is in unisex from your, from your social media, you know, your Instagram, your Facebook, your YouTube, so that when they type in your name or who you are, if you want to brand yourself from your book, whatever it is, um, that, that is easy for them to find you. Yeah. Right now I'm trying to brand myself with my name because I have so many things like I do art and then I write books and I'm a coach so I'm just decided to put everything under one umbrella which is never going to change which is my name even though it's uh, hard to right. say in English I, I still decided to go for that and I'll see if it works as well for me as it has been working for you yes absolutely and, and you, you want to make <laughs> sure that you sorry? Uh, no I was just going to say you just want to make sure that you Purchase your, make sure you have your domain, your URLs, purchase all of the URLs that are centered around your name, the name of your book, whatever, you know, so that you may not be famous today, but if you blow up tomorrow, at least you already own them and somebody is not selling them to you for five and 10 and $20,000 and it's your name. Right. And I was wondering, one last question is, what writing project are you working on? Are you, do you plan on launching new books? Yes, absolutely. I'm doing a total of seven. Um, you already that have I, like six more in, in mind. No, I'm working on the next one right now um, because the seven techniques of healing, 
it is only, let me tell you how many pages it is. It's 74 pages. And when I wrote the book, I was like just really, really getting into church and things like that. And I didn't know how deep that I could go with my own personal stories. Mm -hmm. So I talked about being a stripper, but I didn't know if I could tell you some stories centered around me being in a strip club you know, that made an impact on me coming out of the strip club or um, go deeper into the, 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 you know, issue between me and the neighbor. So everybody wants to know, they want to, they want me to go deeper and they want to know what's next. And so that's where I'm taking this next book. I'm going to, I'm going deeper. And then I'm telling you and giving you guidance on what to do next after you go through the seven techniques of healing. Because after you heal, what do you do? Like, right? Then it's like, oh, I want to start my business. I want to, um, I want to be a coach. I want to help somebody off the pole. I want to um, um, help somebody heal their mind. And so that's, so I, that I was kind of where you are. I do a lot. And how do you do a lot? Or how? What do you do? So the you you stay focused. Like you you talk about your niche. You know you 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 let everybody know that you're good at healing and. And um, you're, you know, all the things that you do, you can't tell them all that you do. You just got to focus on one thing and then you begin to add on the other things kind of behind the scenes. Because if you give people too many options, then they'll get confused. Right. That's really hard for me <laughs> to try to focus on just one thing. I just like to be all over the place. I just find it so much fun to just touch on a lot of different things. So that was so interesting talking to you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'd like for you to share where can people connect with you and I'll make sure to share those links in the show notes, but please do tell where do we find you? Absolutely. You guys can go to my website. That's ericaleanspeaks.com. E-R-I-C-A-L-Y-N-N-S-P-E-A-K-S.com. Or you can find me on all social media platforms. That's Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Um, Erica Lynn Speaks. That's all you got to do is type in and find me. Um, and the book, Seven Techniques of Healing, you'll find a link to it on my page, um, The Seven Techniques of Healing. And it's being sold at Amazon and on Barnes & Noble. Uh, what I'm doing right now is I am getting ready to come out with a new program. So right now we have the One Step Beyond You Signature Core Coaching Program. And so it's all kind of automated in the sense you're able to go into the system, go through the program. And then every week I come into the program and you will have me live where you can do a live Q&A, ask me whatever you want to ask me and I will respond and get you that answer. And if it's something I don't know, then I'll you know get the answer for you. But then primarily I bring in other professionals that can give you other tools and techniques that you can use so that you can move forward. And then um, coming up new would be the One Step Beyond You Academy to where we're gonna take you higher and higher because the whole goal is living courageous. And so my job is to make sure that you don't allow anything to stop you, but I want you to live courageous so that you can move forward and open up as many businesses as you want. <laughs> That's so interesting. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. And thank you for being on the podcast. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, be sure to share it with me by leaving me a review. If you are ready to publish your book, let me take your hand in my course How to Self-Publish on Amazon. I will show you every step you need to take to successfully go through the publishing process on the platform. Keep on writing!